today on Growth Mindset University. People used to think that critical thinking was virtue. Wow. Now people, people are. Can we bring that back? People are critical of thinking. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Man, I'm excited today because today you and I are going on a little bit of a road trip. We're traveling into Miami to meet with our guest today, a returning guest. She's my friend. She is changing LinkedIn. She has, as of the recording of this intro, 432,000 followers there on LinkedIn and she's helping other people grow tremendously there as well. I know she manages Elena Cardone's page over there on LinkedIn, and Elena has just seen incredible results uh, really over the past year. I don't know if she helps. I, I thought she helped Grant Cardone as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but bottom line, she's helping a lot of people grow tremendously on LinkedIn, and I am proud to know her. And today we talk about Yes, LinkedIn, but also some things that I don't think she's ever talked about before, namely cancel culture. And you guys know I love talking about that. We had conversations about cancel culture with Zuby and Amir Odom. You can check out those episodes, the one with Zuby, jordanparis.com slash EP192. You can check out the one with Amir Odom jordanparis.com slash EP203 for more on cancel culture. But today, we're in Miami talking with Shay. It's her second time on the podcast. And pardon me for throwing out more links, but her first conversation on the podcast with me can be found at jordanparis.com slash EP158. And I really enjoyed talking with her today. You know, with in-person interviews, it's there's, especially when there's some people on set, it's tough for me to get in flow. It takes me a little bit longer, but we really did get into flow here eventually. And it was a really great conversation. I enjoyed it. I'm proud of the conversation. And if you enjoy it and you resonate with it, then I recommend sharing it on your LinkedIn story, tagging me and Shay on LinkedIn. If you have access to the brand new feature, LinkedIn Stories. But if you don't want to share publicly and you'd rather share privately, I understand. You can share with the link jordanparis.com slash EP207 to share with your friends and family privately. That's jordanparis.com slash EP207. And you can visit Shay, shayrowbottom.com. Of course, Shay on LinkedIn. That's the best place to follow her. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Shay Robottom. Patrick, can you make sh- see if that's recording? See if you can't see. Patrick, get to work. Is my hair okay? It's got the right John, is my hair good? I hate not having women on the set. 
Yeah. <laughs> and be, I swear, like my hair will be like, and like it's like if it's all dudes, they'll just be. Like, and I'm like, if there was a woman here, it looks fine. Yeah. Like, is it good? It's good. Is it's it good. good? You look fantastic. Is my bald spot showing? On this side? Is this? All right, whatever, whatever. It's about the content. It's about the content. Okay. All right. I am. Uh, I'm back with Shay Robottom. This is her second appearance on Growth Mindset University. I'm really excited to have you. Our first episode. I actually just listened to it again today for really? the first time in a, since it came out. Uh, and I was. I remember I put it in the best of category. Like there's approximately one out of five of my episodes go in like the best. Oh, the wow. best of the best category I'm, I'm on, on the on the on my website as officially deemed the best by yours truly wow. and uh, yours went in there that's and, amazing and I was like, but i forgot why i'm like listening to it the first five minutes i'm like okay okay and then we're like getting you know we're really getting into it like 45 minutes go by like that we're talking about narcissism and which we talked about for a while i love to, it's one of my <laughs> oh that's right about. i'm, I'm and, remembering more yes. of the content now yeah and we're talking about uh smaller creators on linkedin and, and how you're a champion for the small creator because you started it i remember you in the 40s yep 40 000 ish mm -hmm. followers now when I had you, you were at like 100 something. Uh, and now, a few months later, you're at 380,000. By the time yes. this comes out, you're going to be well over 400, maybe yeah. even 500. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I quickly remembered why I put it in the best of category. I was like, that was a really good conversation that I feel really good about. And I think that people should listen to that after this. JordanParis.com slash EP158 is the link to, to that episode. And you're here. You've got, uh, you've, I mean, a lot has changed uh, since then. Of course, you know, you've tripled your following. Uh, you have a, the Shea Robottom Show. You mentioned, you mentioned on my podcast you were going to call your upcoming podcast oh, yeah. Narcissism. Yeah. We can talk about why that changed. Right. But yes, I yes. was originally. Yes, it's mm -hmm. going to be all about narcissism. Uh, but regardless, you have a, a, a podcast out. Uh, called the Shea Robottom Show. People can check that out. Uh, and then, of course, Shea Robottom on LinkedIn. I mean, you're really easy to find. I had him, uh, I had my friend Patrick look you up today on LinkedIn. You were the first person to, you're the first person, Shea with the sunshine yes, uh, good, emoji. Good. And then, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I just can't even believe all that's happened that since, like, I feel like you've taken, you're talking to, like, Lewis Howes, mm -hmm. which, who, who, by the way, like, I've heard him say so many times, I don't go on other people, like, I don't really go on other people's podcasts. I don't know if you had them on your podcast or you just did a video with I'm, them. It's scheduled to come out, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But, like, I was like, damn. Mm -hmm. And my br Uncle Brian and I, yes. we were talking the Shout day. Shout out Uncle Brian. We can't just, yeah. we can't purge fast. Yeah. We got to say hello to Brian. He was a big fan of yours. <laughs> we were just saying, he was, we were saying the day before I saw a video with you and Lewis, I was like, we were talking about how, how Lewis is just uh, very hard to, hard to reach. And right. And, and how he does, I was telling Brian how you know, he doesn't really go on podcasts. Mm -hmm. And the day after I see you and Lewis pop up on my LinkedIn feed and I send it to Brian, I'm like, holy crap. Wow, that's <laughs> and, so funny. And you've been featured in Forbes like five times yes. since then, since, right. our, since our conversation in 2019. Forbes, Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur CNN, yeah. Today Show Online. So like, what, what's, what's going on? What's the secret sauce? What is the sauce here? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you for having me yeah. again. I really did enjoy our interview last year and I really do admire you and everything you built at such a young age. Um, if, for the viewers listening, have listened to my podcast. 
you'll know that I was up to some very different things when I was your age. I was, I was actually just starting to find business. So, but yeah, you know, the answer really just comes down to momentum. Mm. You know, I, they, they say, the what's that There's, saying? The rich get richer. Sure. You know, a lot of people. There's been a tipping point of sorts here. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of negative connotation with that, but it really is true. Once you um, grow a following and you build this sort of momentum and this loyal tribe, it only escalates, you know, it just accelerates and there's so much more that you can do. Okay. Now I have almost 400,000 followers. I want to launch a healing business. And again, those who've listened to my podcast see that I'm now very involved in the healing and the spiritual community. So I have a huge platform to use to promote any new business. You know, I'm not, it's not like I'm starting built an audience now. Exactly. So once you have the audience, Oh man, it's like the 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 world is your oyster. You can just create more and Definitely. more and and I will say that like a huge factor in all of this that I don't want to breeze past that's so important is just actively working on myself. Actively working on myself, uh addressing my own insecurities, being honest about my own darkness. Um and the more that I am able to self-actualize, the more that I have found myself manifesting and attracting people and relationships that really do truly align with me and that are just genuinely good people. I have my associate John Palmer over there who I met earlier this year. Uh, He found me on LinkedIn and like, you know, just as an example, he's been such a blessing in my life. Just some, just, just attracting people who genuinely want to help and also who have the same mission in mind. But you can't do that if you're carrying a bag full of trauma, you know, on your back, you're, you're inevitably going to just attract situations and relationships to replay that darkness until you really get honest with yourself, address it and heal. So I will say that, um, you get what you give. I always say that that's that's the energy you're putting out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to discuss, uh, were were you finished before I rudely interrupted? Yeah, no, I was actually, you you wrapped it up for me. (laughs) You psychic (laughs) podcast Uh, interviewer, you, you knew it it was coming. Well, you've, you've taken the the journey into podcasting. I I know we only discussed it briefly before we jumped on, on here. I mean, are you, how's your journey been going with that? Are you enjoying your journey? What are the challenges been? Oh man, I just totally been fun though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it was a really spiritual process for me because I always knew I wanted to start a podcast. Mm. I told you I wanted it to be about narcissism. And it is in many ways. A lot of things are about narcissism. <laughs> but um, when 2020 hit and all of these things started surfacing, you know, there's a lot of information coming forward now about this um, darkness that really exists in the world. For example, a lot of the pedophilia that's been coming forward. Right. Right. There's a lot that Which people don't. Which is actually kind of local to here. I mean, West Palm Beach is very close yeah, to Yeah, the we sex are right trafficking. Now. I mean, like, it, it, there, there's so many kids that go missing in the United States. People are waking up to the idea, like, well, maybe the people in power that are supposed to be stopping this are actually the ones keeping it going, and maybe there's some darkness going on here. Um, so, you know, I kind of just had this massive download one day when I was finally sitting down to write my podcast. It was early this summer, 2020. Did you say write your podcast? Write it. I was going to write the first episode Ah. because I wanted to do like an intro episode. Like, hey guys, I know you've all known me as a LinkedIn marketer, but I really want to make this podcast about almost like Lewis Howes, like personal Mm. development, healing, overcoming. And I sat down. By the way, I don't think everyone can do that. People that don't have a built-in audience, Mm -hmm. I think that can crash, that strategy can crash and burn. The pivoting? 
No, just creating like a general like interview show. The way you know, the way I have, right. the way you started, like yeah. a, like a self help show. Well, it's, yeah, but it's like look at Joe Rogan. Sure. Yeah. yeah well, because if, but he has a, he had a built in audience. He's oh, like you know saying. he had like a oh, TV yeah. show. True like true you know that. you have four hundred thousand followers. Oh, yeah. you know? So we're better than him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but but I okay. So I sat down to write it. Sure. And I realized, oh my gosh, like I want to tell my story because I had a really rough childhood that I haven't been open about until I released my podcast. I decided, you know what, this podcast is going to be the launch of my story and what happened to me as a child and how I repressed the memories. And then later on, for those of you listening to the show, I ended up finding ayahuasca, which is a plant medicine, which helped me to remember what had actually gone on and why I had had such a dysfunctional, depressed life where I was attracting all these narcissists and all this darkness. So um, the first eight episodes of my show is literally that. I just decided to tell all, and that's been a huge aspect of my brand is like, you guys just get brave, share, and you know, there's, there's a quote that's like, on the other side of your fear is your freedom. Yeah. So I was so afraid to come forward, but with 2020 and all the pedophilia and everything, I was just like, you know what? I just need to share this. Cause, yeah. cause I, I do really think it could support people. I think it would help people understand, A, these plants, and how healing they are and that there's a very strategic reason big pharma and everyone wants them illegal and also um that you know childhood trauma is really not rare you know it's, it's really something that's perpetuated in our culture for so long we need to get honest with ourselves about how prevalent it is if we truly do want to see the suicide rate go down the depression and the use of antidepressants go down the alcoholism and the addiction and the opiate crisis go down i mean it all comes to the way we're raised and the way that we um feel as children yeah. So that's what I did. I decided to share my story in the first eight episodes. It is like written. And then I go on to interview guests about personal development, healing, vulnerability, et cetera. You thought of making, I mean, if you have it written, have you thought of putting it into like book form? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And actually it's funny. You it's said, a lot of content. Yeah, it is. Like, my, these are like 20, 30 minute. That's a lot of writing. It is. And my, my business coach actually helped me with that. He was like, well, you, because I've always wanted to write an autobiography. That's actually how I thought I would come forward. If I came forward, I'm like, well, I'll just do it in a book. I'll just write it all in a book. But he was like, you can do it in a podcast and then transcribe it to a book. I was like, yeah. So that is also in the works. Besides that, I mean, yeah, the Shea Robottom show. And uh, I listened to an episode this morning. I recommend it. Uh, people can find it. I mean, people people that listen to Growth Mindset University, they know where to find Yay. podcasts. They don't need to yes, like, preach yeah. to the choir here. But I mean... LinkedIn, I really wanted to like focus in on that today. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I mean, that's really the root of everything for you. And I know for me, it's been the root of everything too. LinkedIn and, and podcast for me. And without those two things, I really don't make money. And if you take one of those things away, I'm barely even at half strength. Like right. I, I have to, they both work in tandem so well. But I mean, you, you started on LinkedIn and... I, th I think a lot of people view it as just a, a, a static resume. Yeah. But it can be so much more than that. And I think it's like this frame of mind, like a mindset. Um, I mean, what, do you, what, do you, what would you say to the people that, that just view it as sta a static resume? Uh, like, like, what would you say to those people, seriously? Yeah, I would say um, 
it's not, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's a lot more than that, but I get where that mindset comes from because historically for a very long time, that's really what LinkedIn was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was actually a time on LinkedIn where you couldn't even post videos. Yes. That's actually a pretty new feature. Only until 2017 or 18. So, I think. Yep. Yeah. I, I believe it was 2017 video became a function. That's uh, shortly after that's when I joined the platform, but you know, for, for a social media platform that's been around as long as it has, it's very bizarre that it's like, I don't feel like it's even peaked yet, but it's been around the longest and it was primarily used by job seekers and recruiters. They like owned LinkedIn. So now what started happening, especially when video became a function, a lot of different industries started coming there just to get leads. It's just a lot more business oriented. A lot of people are entrepreneurs, um, all different industries. And I noticed the video function has allowed people to market and communicate and grow a brand in a way that you previously really couldn't do on LinkedIn. So I, I like to sometimes say it's like the Facebook of business. Sure. Um, and for those, especially people who are in their twenties like us and they're like, you know, Oh, this is LinkedIn is lame. Like, what are you, yeah. what are you doing on LinkedIn? Like that's old people. Right. That's boring. It's, it's not like, cool exactly. to, to have followers on LinkedIn. It is cool to have money from LinkedIn though. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's what right. I say. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. So, and that's the other yeah. thing I want to mention real not quick. Not much clout is, involved though. Yeah, not really, but that's okay. You know, I, I think okay. that it's been very a humbling experience for me because, you know, I really always wanted to be famous. That was like my thing growing up. Like I wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a singer. I eventually quit my dream of becoming a musician when I did find business and I found marketing because I saw kids online making money, passive income off of blogs. And I was like, okay, there's something I'm missing here. So I learned video marketing very intensely on Facebook for years. That's where I built my first agency was working with Facebook pages. And then I took it to LinkedIn to get leads for the Facebook agency. And I realized, oh my gosh, there's like absolutely no competition on LinkedIn when it comes to video. Totally. So um, yeah, I was able to kind of find fame like I was searching for for many years on LinkedIn, but it's actually been the most like healing, beautiful thing for me because um, I've been able to be open and honest and vulnerable and attract people who love and value me for me. You share a lot, very very vulnerable. I mean, is there a point of like oversharing? I try to keep, I, I, I try personally, I mean, I feel like in terms of creating content, we're very opposite. Mm. You do a lot of video. I really don't do a lot of video. Yeah. There was a point where I was. You're very vulnerable. When you vulnerable. hang out with me, we're going to do video. Though. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I really don't talk about personal stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean? We're very, uh, is there a point of oversharing? Oh, do you ever worry that you're oversharing? Um, well, I go through waves. Mm. Like there's definitely times where I'm like, oh my gosh, should I be sharing this? But it always ends up the same. It always results in like, oh my God, I'm so glad I I did that. I've liberated myself. Um, And I actually would encourage you to share personal stories. Like you'd be surprised how much that gets leads. You know, people feel like they know you on a more personal human level and therefore they're able to better picture themselves doing business with you. But you know, my philosophy with oversharing, and I know there's people who are like, oh gosh, I could never do it to the level you do, Shay. You're just like an open book. It's kind of like my mission in this planet is truth. Sure. My mission is to dismantle this false reality built on everyone kind of being fake and keeping up with the Joneses and fitting Definitely. in. 
Yeah, so I want to encourage people to be so real. And if it takes me going to the most crazy extreme to do it, if, if me being the example way, way up here can get people to just start to go a little higher here, I feel like I've done my part. Sure. So, so being, I mean, vulnerable is like this buzzword. I'm sure yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of people are, a, a lot of people are tired of hearing it. Mm -hmm. People are like, ah, you know, they're talking about vulnerability. Like, that's stupid. I'm going to turn this podcast off. What is, what, I mean, what, what does it actually look like and, and, and mean? And what can it, I mean, what can it do? Well, I mean, it's, there is, I, I like that you brought up the fact that it's a buzzword because I do think that's true. And yeah. I do think that it's almost kind of like. It's a cliche thing to talk about. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's almost created like fake vulnerability Definitely. too. Where people are Definitely. like, just kind of like. Just to get the engagement. Yeah, but yeah. it's not really vulnerable. It's not really real. Right. Um, you know, what, what scares you to share? I think that's the question you need to ask yourself. That's when you're vulnerable. If you think like, you know, oh, you know, my dad died of cancer five years ago. Okay, does it make you like very uncomfortable to talk about that publicly? No, I could talk about it. Okay, then like, yeah, you're being vulnerable, but maybe you're not really being vulnerable, you know, like to that, to the effect that you personally grow yourself yeah. from sharing. Yeah. I just realized, I think, I, and I've thought about this before. I may have mentioned it on the podcast that I think that, vulnerability like real vulnerability is what you're currently going through it's it's really easy to talk about the things that ah you know i went through this like three years ago i was in a mm -hmm. really tough place yeah you know five years ago or, or my childhood this right. happened it's a whole nother thing to like talk about what you're currently going That's through the point. money problems like you're that. currently Ooh, like yeah. like imagine yes. like if if you know someone talked about that like imagine like the 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 struggle, like I'm really not getting a lot of leads right now. Right. Like, and I, being like vulnerable that way, and I that's, don't know. And that's actually a lot of what John and I experience mm. with our clients is like, they'll get on the phone and they're like, I just can't make videos. I don't know what to talk about. And that's what we'll ask. We'll just be like, okay, well, what's going on in your life right now? Yeah, and they yeah. got a ton of content. They got sure. all these things to say. Oh, my kid's leaving for college. I'm worried about it. Oh, this yeah, and that. It's like, and I'm like, okay, great. That's all video content. And then they're like, oh, but no. And I'm like, but it is. Like, it's all right there. I made a post not too long ago where I, I said I was bloated. Like, I literally was saying, like, I'm having stomach problems, you guys. I've been bloated. And, like, I was like, this is, like, such a TMI. Like, am I really going to share that I'm, like, bloated right now? And, like, it was so funny. Like, in the comments, like, a bunch of people. The people either found it funny yeah. or they there was literally comments of people being like, oh, I've been, I've been bloated too lately, oh Jay. I've been struggling with that. And, like, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest we're human sure. and chances are if you're like scared to share it there's there's a high chance that there's someone going through the same thing and then it kind of just oh, it's like this collective relief like we can all put down the mask put down the mask um and get real now yeah yes definitely i mean what is it for for you know i mean we've been talking we're talking about vulnerability in terms of like posting on linkedin i mean paint the picture really shay of what it could what it could really be like for somebody who maybe they maybe they're employed maybe they yeah. maybe they're a student they, they have an internship you know right <laughs> right patrick and uh what, yeah. what could it like what, what paint the picture of what it can do yeah no that's actually a really good question because if you are in the situation in which you're an employee it can actually get you fired yes <laughs> And I've known people where that's sure. happened. I've, um, it's, it's happened many times, but you know, here's the thing. If you're going to get fired from your job for opening up and being vulnerable on LinkedIn, some, some of these people, it's not like they're being vulnerable. Like I hate my boss. That's not what I'm talking about. There's, they're genuinely sharing about like mental health, things that are important to them and they get fired. 
you know, my question is always, well, if you were sharing your true self on LinkedIn, how much did that job really align with you anyways? Definitely. So, And that's like the opposite of employee advocacy. I, like you see right. um, Andreas uh, Janssen with Shield. I Shield. love him and he, I love Shield. And, yep. and, Shout out to him. Yeah, and, and the, everyone at Shield is like posting great content. Like they are in, they, they have great employee advocacy for the yeah. product and and the, the talking points around LinkedIn. And they, they really show up with great, education on uh -huh. on linkedin yeah. like i've actually saved some posts not even from andreas but like the coo i forget what his name is mm. um like I, I can't even imagine a like a company that fires someone for like posting on linkedin for for i, I just you're stuck in like the the 80s or something like what it's it fear you know it's fear. this is not how mod, like modern business i just think that it's so great. Well, to it's have... a sh it's shifting though. Sure. I do think it's shifting, and I <laughs> no, no, now we're gonna get into narcissism because that's literally what this whole um, perpetuated cycle of narcissistic parenting does. We perpetually in our culture have raised people to believe it's more important how you appear and how you look on the surface mm -hmm. to everyone else and how you make us who are associated with you look than your actual thoughts and feelings and your actual needs as a vulnerable human being. So this is the shift that we're going through right now. People are standing up, people are saying no more. Like, I wanna talk about this, I wanna be real. And that pushback, that, that kind of cancel culture of no, I'm gonna fire oh, you and I can't. That. Yeah, well, we can get into that yeah, too. Yeah. But like, you know, that is um, <laughs> essentially just, it's, it's like, it's either like, um, you're on the boat or you're off the boat. It's like Noah's Ark. Like everyone's getting ready to get on the ark. Like, okay, we've been living in this false reality. We haven't actually been honest with ourselves. And as a result, people are really sick and tired. People yeah. are depressed and unfulfilled. So no more, you know, I'm gonna open up and I'm gonna get real. And it's all those people who aren't ready yet, who are still very comfortable with the false society that are like shaming those people who are real. I mean, there's this famous quote, I say it all the time, a society that drifts further from the truth the, the more a society drifts further from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. Well, we, it seems we live in a post-truth world nowadays yes. where if something, if a fact is inconvenient. <laughs> I love that, inconvenient. If yeah. a fact is inconvenient, then we'll just, we're just going to make it not true and we're going to cancel you because of I it. Know. It's like, isn't right. that. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little just, weird. Look, at, we literally have a presidential candidate running for the Democratic Party that is supposed to be all about equality, pro-Black Lives Matter, yes, and yes. anti-racism. And he just went on camera saying one of the most racist things I have ever what seen. What was that? I didn't he said, if, you have a, if you're having trouble deciding whether to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Interesting. That is innately racist. Like, that is so racist. But we don't. And, but we don't attack him yeah. the way we do Trump. Like, sure, like right, where is right. the outrage? Where is no. that? That is actually like the most racist thing. I know. So, I, well, even more. I saw. And I heard him say, uh, "Poor people are just as oh, good as, as, as white, white people. people. <laughs> they're, they're just as smart as white." I'm like, Jesus exactly. I mean, so it, it's it's actually it's. I know a lot of people are upset that he's the Trump candidate. says dumb shit too. Of course he does. But I mean. It's the hypocrisy of it. It's like, okay, if you're not gonna let Trump get away with saying it, yeah. why are you gonna let this guy get sure. away with saying it just because he's part of your club, your little club of people that you feel safe all having the same beliefs? I mean, it's really wounded people. The more healed and the more evolved you become, the more you're able to discern truth. 
when people are very wounded, they're very reactive and they're, uh, they don't live in reality. So I think that's what we're seeing is a lot of very wounded individuals who subscribe to these groups. They want to be part of some cause, you know, not, not that the Black Lives Matter movement hasn't done good things. It has. And I'm certainly not. Has it? Well, you know, I, I, I am definitely. Cited some very dangerous, oh, yeah, murderous riots. Yeah, I know. Well, now it is. Yeah. I mean, but like, here's the thing. Trying I to definitely Marxist, believe trying to push a Marxist agenda. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like where you're going with this, but yeah. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do believe that racism is real. I do believe it can occur. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. And I do believe that sexism is real. I do believe uh -huh. it can occur. I, as a woman, have experienced it. The problem is, what you focus on, you manifest. Mm -hmm. Where you give your energy, whatever that is, it will grow. So when I see these recent protests or riots. And I see pictures online of seven-year-old black kids holding up signs saying, I deserve to be treated equally. I get it at face value. That might seem like, oh, that's so great. They brought right. their kids up for the cause. All I see as someone who's studied a lot of this work now and done a lot in the personal development space, I see, wow, that kid is literally being programmed from age seven that they are not treated equally. They're literally, they're being told, hold this sign. You're not being treated equally. Would oh, that yes. seven-year-old yes. even know that if right. you didn't, you know, no. so, and that's it's, what you manifest. Yeah. That's what this, Absolutely. yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, quite literally, I mean, Zuby, I don't know if you, if you know, oh, you should, you, Zuby is a must follow on, on Twitter. He's a, oh, he's oh, a really? rapper that he, so he has a very worldly perspective. So, cause he was, born this isn't the Pharaoh guy, is it? Uh, I don't know. No, no. Okay. I don't do he Twitter, was, so that I'm he was okay. well. He follow him on any platform. Okay. He's so he's he's brilliant, okay. and uh, he's a rapper. Who was, he was born in the UK, grew up in Saudi Arabia, has Nigerian roots, has spent considerable wow. time in in the US. You know, he's been on Joe Rogan and Candace Owens show uh -huh. and stuff like that, and so smart. The things that he says about uh, what we're talking about right now. I had him on uh, Growth Mindset University actually mm -hmm. as well um, in uh, episode 192, I believe. Uh, jordanparis.com slash Zuby for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know the link's all. And I can't wait for you to see my podcast skit. Yeah. Because you just like did a little clip from the skit just like uh, plugging oh, the no episode. Way. That's like yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. lines, yeah. But yeah, he, he said exactly what you were saying that there. Like they're kind of taught to believe yeah. that, they're be a, a victim. that they're a victim. Yeah, yeah. be a victim. And then yeah. they're, like, there's a small interest group of people who benefit off of these people believing that they're victims. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's just like, I have no, I have no problem with, you know, people posting uh, Black Lives Matter and the square and the right. and the hashtag and all this, the, all this, all this other stuff. Like it's just that half these people, no, not half, ninety-five percent don't even they don't know where the money's going. Yeah, they don't. They just put a, a link, a Black Lives Matter link in their bio. Have no idea where it's going. I mean, right. it's going it's being going fun to the Democratic, Democratic Party, Party. Right. exactly, to, to and a also, candidate who's saying very racist yeah. things. Yeah, and also probably lining the pockets of Patrice McCullers, Opal Tometi, sure, and Alicia Garza, sure, the co-founders yeah. of Black Lives Matter, whom political. I reached out to for yeah. this podcast. By the way, they didn't. They opened my emails uh, like like ten times and didn't, didn't respond. Oh, but. well, we'll 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 get you there. We'll, <laughs> we'll manifest that. Yeah. we're not going to put the belief in your head that you sure. can't get them on your podcast, Jordan. But I look. I feel like I feel like twenty twenty is. The theme is like victimhood. Yeah. It's, it's not, and it's not even what we were just talking about. It's mm -hmm. like I posted something the other day, like a question on Instagram. If you could live anywhere in the world for a month, where would you live? And somebody said 2019. And I was like, 
I was like, man, you know, it was like, yeah, it's funny. I kind of laughed, but then I was like, honestly, 2020, I, I, you can still yeah. have a good time in 2020. Right. Like, like live, like I, now it's I, a good, I, good time as any. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually feel that 2020, as much as it's like destroyed the economy sure. and a lot of people have lost their jobs, their livelihoods, had to start over, like it really has been the distinguishing factor between who is self-empowered and who is still wounded. Right. Who is still being a victim to their circumstances right. and who's rising above. Everyone I know in the spiritual community and these groups I surround myself with that is actively working on themselves has actually thrived in this pandemic. I, my life has changed. Yeah, I, they've done better. Yeah. yeah. I only first started making like real money it, in, after the first month, like after the- That's the amazing. Pandemic, you know, like- Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Like, and everything also went digital, which helps people like you and I. Yeah. Yeah, but even people who aren't in the online fields, like I've known many people, they're just like manifesting more and more business. Yeah. And then I've talked to people who I can tell still struggle with victim mentality. And that's mm -hmm. all they say is, oh, this is so terrible. We're, you know, it's like, and people need to just start, cause I went through this. And again, this is, I break down all of this on my podcast, my story. I was riddled with victim mentality. I mean, I was really um, a victim to my circumstances over and over again. What I wasn't seeing until I finally became self-aware and started doing plant medicines was that I liked being a victim. I got oh, some, oh, no, it does yeah. feel good. I've I got, been that way. I got some sort yeah. of payoff yeah, yeah. from being, from not empowering myself, from being codependent. Or getting from, pity from other people. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, there's many payoffs that you get from it. You don't have to take responsibility. You don't have to level up. You can just, you know, um, play small and like play, feel safe down there. But the reality is a lot of people aren't ready to face that about themselves. They, they want to be right. There's this righteousness. They're like, no, I'm a victim. I'm like, look, I get it. I get it. There's injustices in the world. Sometimes people aren't going to be treated fairly. I've experienced it, but I'm not going to focus on that because yeah, the more I focus definitely. on it, the more I manifest more of it. So starting to own your own victim mentality and, and get real with yourself about like, it's okay to be wrong, you know? And that's the other end of this is like, we've created a society in which being wrong is bad. The whole school system is framed around like, if you fail, you're bad. That's not true. You know, oh, these are just absolutely. lessons. So the more that we can make people feel safe to admit they were wrong, hey, I, you know, I was wrong about this whole Black Lives Matter thing. I was shaming everyone who wasn't all about it, but it turns out it's just a political pawn to fund the Democratic Party, which is all an agenda. I was wrong, guys. I was wrong. I admit it. Yeah, Very yeah, few yeah. people feel safe doing that because they feel like they're just going to be shamed for having been wrong. So we need to be very mindful of when people do come forward and change their perspective and actualize that we're not like, I told you so. Or like, it's like, you know, that's exactly why yeah, people don't definitely. ever get honest with themselves. So that's the other part of it is just making people feel safe. Like it's okay to, okay to be wrong. Yeah. I mean, people on, on both sides of the aisle, I mean, uh, Patrick and I have a friend that on Facebook, like every, every couple hours, you just, <laughs> Who, he already knows who you're talking about. Yes, he's, of course. He's over there laughing, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, who's very, very conservative and just, just, and I'm like, I'm telling, I'm like, dude, this is why conservatives get a bad rap. Like, you're the reason why. Like, like he's just being, being mean, being shaming, mean, people, shaming yeah. very forceful. Right, right. And it's, I mean, it's happening on on both sides here. Yes. There needs to be some sort of. I mean, look, we all we all want a similar things. I mean, now there's there's people who want socialism and. You know, uh, on the radical, radical left. Right. We don't. I don't really want that. I don't know about right. you, but which is good. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people your age think it's oh, a good thing now. Yeah. It's yeah. Funny. It's right. Really funny. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say 
was, um, look, we all, I mean, none of us are, I, I, you and I are not racist. Like, we know that we don't have to, like, prove it online right. and post about it. I actually don't media. even have one other American white employee in my entire company. Yeah. You know, but you don't hear me talking, yeah. but I don't need to, like, virtue signal and right, black right. square post right. to prove that I'm, it's like, right. no, I just live it. Like, yes. I don't, yeah. I've been saying that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I just, like, people say, like, oh, because if you not if you don't post about it, you're part of the problem. I'm like, actually, right. Actually, like, I just, I don't need to post about it because I like to use it. Like you right. said, you I just, I just it. end those things in real life. I love people. I'm kind to people. Yes. I'm respectful, and like I do it in real life. I don't need to do it on social media. I don't need to prove it there. And if you need to prove it on social media, what does that say about you? It's right. similar to like. A rich person doesn't need to tell you they're rich. Exactly. Or an enlightened person will never tell you they're enlightened. Yeah. You know, I've had that happen right. before. One but, guy in the spiritual community was like, I'm enlightened on the scale. I'm like, yeah. no, you're not enlightened. Yeah, if you're it's enlightened, a, you wouldn't be telling me. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but um, I, I want to touch on what you just brought up about shame because that is so important. And this is something I'm really passionate about. Like, this is part of why I created my show, The Shame we need to stop. Like that is at the root of all dysfunction in society. So there's this, I just mentioned enlightenment. We just there's... shamed people for, sh for shaming people. <laughs> Seriously. But we didn't really shame them. We're just talking, we're just oh. like, it's, it's one thing to just have a conversation. At a certain point, you do need to point out yeah. where things are ineffective. You know, it's not about being right or wrong. It's, is it effective? You know, is, uh, like, it's so tough because everyone wants to say like, this is wrong, this is wrong, but it's really just comes down to being ineffective. Is molesting kids wrong or is it just ineffective because it creates kids who have no boundaries, no self-esteem and grow up to hate themselves. So it's ineffective for society to molest kids. You know, like you can break down anything to wrong or right or just effective or ineffective. Yeah. So the shaming is, okay, so there's this map of consciousness, right? So the map of consciousness was created by da David Hawkins, who is amazing. And um, it goes from the lowest vibration and the lowest frequency that a human can be vibrating at all the way to the highest, which is enlightenment. So this is, again, what we're coming back to. Humans are starting to actually um, reconnect to God in a way where they, know, they realize we're so much more than just like these separate bodies. Like yeah. we're all connected. Everything's a frequency. You know, you are vibrating at a certain frequency. I am vibrating at a certain frequency on that scale. And it goes through all the different emotions. You know, the lower ones will be like fear, guilt, apathy. And then it gets, goes higher. It gets up to like anger, pride, courage, all the way up to the high ones, like love, joy, enlightenment. So guess what the lowest vibration on that map is? Jealousy. Uh, I, don't, Sh I, I don't think jealousy is on there. Shaming, shame. hatred. It's shame. Yeah. Shame. Shame is the lowest of all human vibrations. And we have literally constructed a society around shaming one another. It's how we raise our kids. If we don't like the way they're acting and we, in a, in a means to control them, we'll shame them, yeah. which again creates dysfunctional adults as they grow up. Um, we shame people who don't have the same political beliefs yes. as us, who don't see. I mean, this, this mass shaming culture, we're just perpetually keeping one another down because that's yeah. the lowest of all human vibrations. And, if, for those who've studied cultism, or oh, narciss yeah. which is narcissism, really. It's just the cult leader is a narcissist. But really effective cult leaders, what they... <laughs> effective for the cult. Yeah. But like effective for what they're after. And it's some yeah. dark intentions. But 
what they'll actually do is create a group of people that shame one another into submission. So the cult leader doesn't even have to do anything. They've created this, they've manipulated everyone so much to the point where they do the, they do the manipulating for him or her or whoever the leader is. So that's really how I see our society yes, with the government. It's I like see. the government I doesn't see. even need to carry out their own agenda. We're doing oh. it for them by hating well, one another. Yeah. There's a term for that. What is that? You love this term. Yes. If totally. you're not already familiar. Useful idiots. What? That's so simple. I Prop thought you were going to throw some use A useful you. idiot is somebody who propagandizes a cause that they actually know, really know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And these useful idiots are cynically yes. used by the cause's leaders. I love that. Yeah. No, that's really so that, what that's, it is. Uh, yeah. and, and that's what you see a lot of. You know, people just want to fit in. Humans have a biological need to fit in. Yeah. So if the majority of the people are doing acts social and, proof yeah and, and you know even if you know majority are doing acts you know what in my gut if i really listen to my own intuition i kind of believe why but why no one's going to accept me everyone believes x so i'm just going to believe mm -hmm. x and not you know think twice about it so i think it's really important to um have trust that even though you might be feel alone in a belief if you truly believe in your core it's right you're, you're probably right you know so Follow that and inevitably you give permission for others like, hey, I, I also want to follow along in this way because, yeah, I mean, it is just people want to fit in. So if the majority of the people believe, yeah. hey, if you didn't post a black square for Black Lives Matter, you're racist. It's like, oh, oh, OK, I'll post a black square. Yeah. And then what does that do? Is yeah. that really proving who's not racist? It's no. just proving who's able to succumb to the crowd and, quicker than others, you know, and, and think. I and it's virtue signaling. Yes, absolutely. Virtue yeah. signaling is like my pet peeves. Uh, yeah, yes. Social justice yes. warriors. Yeah. Uh, and you think about it, I think about it from a human behavior perspective and draw this lesson from Robert Greene's Laws of Human Nature about mm. deciphering the shadow side. Ah, and yes. generally speaking, you can look to the emphatic traits. And, and I've talked about this on Growth Mindset University at least 10, 10 to 15 months. Plug people the episodes. Heard people heard this. Plug yeah. the episodes. Which ones are they, Jordan? Uh, Robert Greene's like jordanparis.com slash EP178 oh or something. So or, uh, yeah, I think, it, or 177, I don't know. Um, but under the emphatic trait, the extreme virtue signaling, you know, these social justice words are always on the right side of things, always so moral and virtuous and and right, righteous, <laughs> yeah, righteous know, and yeah. holy, or whatever, if you yeah. want to use that word. Uh, generally, under that emphatic trait, that emphatic showing is, is the rest the opposite right. trait. A lot of uh, hatred and pent-up aggression. And, and uh, so that's, that's, that's what makes wounds, me yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It's wounds. Like, you know, the whole idea of um, becoming self-actualized and becoming spiritual, becoming whole and grounded within yourself is actually embodying a life in which you don't need anything outside of yourself. All of your validation comes from within. All of your self-love is generated within. You create your own energy. You don't need to get a re reaction yeah. from people to feel good or, you know, so it, it's well, that's it, hard. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, trust Especially me. Especially wounded people like you and I, you know, who, uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't cool in high school. I don't know about... You weren't cool in high school? No. Who didn't like this kid? I had one I'll, friend I'll in high school. Up. I had one friend. I will uh, stop being stupid <laughs> for a day to go hurt them. <laughs> like, like, I just, I just want to get the feedback, you know? Right. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, it's that was a, that was my whole life. I just yeah. wanted validation. I wanted to... But it's kind of ironic because now I have it all and I've, I've done so much work on myself. I, I really don't yeah. care. I mean, I've... I used to actually like... I'm transitioning out of it too. Good, good, good. Yeah, you're on the path, dude. I mean, like, 
I used to literally like it would affect my day if my post did poor or right. good on oh, social wow. media. Like that's not the yeah. work. So when we talk about all of these social justice warriors and, you know, there's a fine line. There's a fine line, right? Like it's good to educate people. It's good to, you know, bring people in involvement in the cause, get them educated. But mm. when you are constantly in a position where you're saying I can't have or feel because of something outside of me, because it's you, it's you, it's you, you need to change, you need to change. I mean, that's just a very unhealed person. They're, they haven't yes. figured out that it all comes from within. Yeah, I've had, um, you know, I've, I've posted my, my uh, been very, very vocal about yes. uh, the things that we're talking about today on, on social media the past uh, couple of months. And I've had, you know, people really try to lecture me mm-hmm. and, and uh, tell me, you know, and I'm not a good person, and right. uh, and it's I'm just like have they canceled you? Have you experienced the well, cancel culture? Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I I had a lot of I I had like people in the in, in I've had people in comment section being like, oh, been following you for a really long yeah, time, yeah. and I know this comment, and, yes. I know exactly where you're going. You know, really yeah. disappointed to see this from you, Jordan. It's just a just a shame, and uh, <laughs> right. and all they're all they're really uh, saying is, hey, Jordan, up until now, you've never made me feel uncomfortable, right? That's really all they're saying. I mean, I've had people say, I don't follow you anymore because of like this one post. I'm like, it's, look, yeah. It's ahead. hilarious when people have to tell you that they unfollowed you. Right. <laughs> I, oh I mean, God. but it's, it's again, it's that shame. Yeah. It's trying to, because that's what we've all been taught. You want to control a situation, shame someone. So, mm-hmm. hey, before I unfollow Jordan, I'm just going to shame him and let him know yeah, yeah, that yeah. I unfollowed him because maybe this will make him go, oh, no, I don't want to lose followers. Okay, I'm going to be shamed back into submission and back into whatever the majority of the herd sure, believes. Sure. I mean, but it really is kind of laughable because, like, to my followers who say, like, I unfollowed you, it's like, dude, I provide value to you. Like, I don't ask you for anything. You don't pay my bills, you know, unless you end up becoming a client. But, you know, you following me is a free service for you. I am making content every day, providing this with, without asking for anything in return. So, you know, for you to try to hold that over me, like, I'm, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very backwards. And it's also very sad, you know. I challenge anyone listening, when you do get triggered by a post from an influencer or a thought leader you've previously always agreed with and you don't agree with it, I mean, can you still follow that person? Can yep. you coexist? Yeah. Hey, I love Jordan Paris. You know what? That one episode he did, didn't agree with all that, but still love the guy and sure. keep following him. It's like, sure. that's the mature route. You know, yeah. I don't agree with um, everything Donald Trump does, yeah, yeah. but I do agree with some things that he does. Mm-hmm. And even that, you know, I posted once on um, one of my um, private Facebook groups about it. There was like one, I can't even Shea remember. Uh, yeah, it was in that right, group, Shea in chat, yeah. <laughs> I posted like one specific thing that Trump had done. I can't even remember what it was. It was like one order he passed or one thing and I was happy for it. Yes. And I posted in celebration of it like, oh, this is good. Look at this, like woohoo. And uh, it was like, oh my God, everyone, like I never said I voted for Trump. I never said I support Trump. I just said this one thing is good. And I take a lot of pride in that. I take a lot of pride in my ability to discern that just because, you know, I might not like one area of one person doesn't mean I can't find value in another area. So this cancel culture, it's not just about canceling people. It's about hey, you know, if you don't align with this set of beliefs I have, even if you do say something of value, I'm going to shut off my brain from yeah. it because I, I believe that I, it's, all, it's like black or white thinking. Yeah. It's like it's all or nothing. It's very toxic. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, very, sure. And that's why we've now gone down this rabbit hole of like 
people just can't even talk politics at all anymore because it's all or nothing. I, I don't even think that like a um, a liberal and a conservative can date. I don't like they I, can't. It's like it's like changed it's not, completely. Right? Yeah. Well, it, people. I mean, yeah, it, it, they can. It, sure. They have to be very conscious, sure. but. Again, I think once you're so conscious and you're and you're vibrating at that higher yeah. frequency on that map of consciousness, there's really no need for a label of like liberal or conservative anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just start to kind of realize like, look, I like what I like. I, I don't like what I don't like. And these this, this two-party system, mm. especially in the wave of everyone in society being so wounded and not really raised to know how to self-regulate and take care of their emotions is that, you know, um, we've created these two parties where it's kind of like if you lean one way, but you don't agree with some of this stuff, you'll just bucket in those beliefs so that you can fit in. Like literally you can't run for president saying, oh, you know, I support, um, I support, um, uh, like, this, all, yeah. like, okay, like, let's say I support, like, all the traditional conservative values, yes. but, like I'm, also, one, but I'm also pro-choice. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. also pro-choice. I do uh, believe abortion right. should be legal. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to lie to yourself and yep. say, okay, I guess I don't like abortion now just to fit in. Like, is yeah, that really... Bizarre. Yeah, is that really Super effective? When we, ran, when we ran for president in uh, middle school, like, I want to be president of my class in middle school, yeah, you yeah. just ran on your own accord. I hey, know. I'm John Smith. This is what I believe. This is Susie. This is what she believes. It wasn't like... Yeah. So it's just really created this polarizing culture, and totally. and everyone being so wounded has just played right into yeah. it. Yeah, I can and I can. That's a really good example of like middle school and yeah. like I, you know, I ran for president of my uh, residence hall when I was a, a freshman in college, and I nice. went against like eight other people, and I and I won. I, I was Congrats. I was so I was president yes. of this building. You know, it was cool. Was this you trying, <laughs> was this you still trying to redeem your high school it, stuff? It was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, it was. <laughs> awesome. I, I I did a lot of these things for like um, approval and validation and and uh i just i just really wanted to flip the scripts but it, it, i mean it, it did it for the wrong reasons at first and, and it ended up being a great thing uh, yeah. so far but you know i sum up the shaming and the black and white thinking in in this way before we move on to our last thing it's that people used to think that critical thinking was a virtue that it was valued wow now I people love that People are, Can we bring that back? People are critical of thinking now. Mm, I love this. I love this. I want to post this little micro clip on LinkedIn right here of that. <laughs> because that's really what it is. Yeah. Critical thinking. Objective thinking. I mean, the more, again, the more wounded you are, the less objective you are. The more I was able to move into the, the space of healing myself the more I was able to see myself objectively and get honest mm. about like, Shay, like you're, you're being a victim. Like yeah. <laughs> you're being a little bit Shay. Like you got to just admit it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that for those who aren't ready to heal, who aren't ready to self-actualize and get honest about their darkness, their hardships, their insecurities, they're going to make those who are critically thinking and pointing out the truth. Um, they're, the, I'm sorry, the people that are, critically thinking and pointing out the truth are going to make them very uncomfortable simply because yep. they're not ready to face the truth yet. Definitely. Shay, I, I freaking love podcasting with you. Yeah, like, dude, this has this been, this has been another good let's do, podcast. Let's make it a, like a biannual thing or what is that? Is biannual twice a year? Yeah. Bi yeah. Biannual, annual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. can do that. Yeah. So I, oh, there's one thing left I do want to talk about before we wrap up though. Yeah. And I saw you post the, maybe last week, about pitching 
Yeah. On LinkedIn. And oh yeah, I think you messaged me about this. Did I you did. say something? All right, let's talk. Yeah, let's and, do it. And let's make wanna, you wrong. I don't want to put <laughs> right. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I sum it up. You say pitching on LinkedIn does not work. Is it, or is it more nuanced than that? Tell me. Tell me what you put. What you posted. Sure. You know sure. what I'm referencing. I do. So. Um, the whole idea of how to build a following on social media comes down to how much trust you can build with an audience. How much trust can you build? How much can you get these people to like, know, and trust you? Sure. Because that actually positions you in a, in a place where you can sell yes, and pitch. I agree. So I always say, you know, focus more on framing the majority of your, the, the, the majority of your content around giving value without pitching your services. But pitching is not wrong. You know, pitching is not bad. It's just that those who over pitch are going to create an audience who starts to feel like, I don't really know if I should trust this yeah. person because it really just seems like they're all out for themselves. Um, and you know, there is a spectrum. Like I personally, because of the experience I had on Facebook all those years working with blog owners, I saw a lot of influencers destroy their following and dilute their page because they started pitching and selling and in endorsing post too much. In posts? Yeah. Uh, like they uh, started uh, in posts. Yeah. Yeah. They started pitching too much. In posts, I get it. Oh, in, you're in, talking about Messenger? I was oh. thinking more along the Yes. No, you can pitch in Messenger. Yeah. Ah, so there yeah. was a. But, but I, I, didn't, I didn't read it right or hear um, it right then. Yeah, no, I'd have to go back and look at the post, what, it, what I said exactly. I wasn't Jordan Paris approved, so I got to check it again. But. <laughs> It's really, I didn't say I didn't approve it. It's, it's really, it's okay to pitch. It's just in the DMs. even, yeah, in the DMs. Yes, yes. Like, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. If you genuinely know that your product, your service, your solution is going to make yes. this person's lives better, their business more flawless, their revenue increase, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you pitch? Yes. You know, I had someone explain to me like this once because I was just learning sales and I was still really like, passive like i didn't want to be too aggressive about selling and they were like shay just imagine that you have the cure to cancer and you are trying to sell it yeah. to someone who has cancer how badly would you be pitching and right. like dude you need this keep it to yourself right because <laughs> like, you know that it's yeah. the best thing for them sure. so i think that as long as you truly believe in your product you're coming from a yes. place of heart yes. not manipulation you know you you genuinely know that your solution is going to improve the life of this person um, pitch all day, but also be smart about it and know human psychology of, hey, people don't always like to be sold to. So maybe just offer yeah, them definitely. something first. Maybe like, for example, what I'll do is I'll just go message, hey, hey, um, Frank, I saw you on LinkedIn. I saw your last three videos. Awesome that you're making content, dude. I just want to sh shoot by a few pointers. You know, you should actually have a headline at the bar. You should subtitle these. If you want more engagement in the comments, have a CTA at the end. Just want to give you these free pointers. Have a nice day. Yeah. And then they inevitably come back like, oh my gosh, Shay, thank you so much. That was great. Tell me more about you. Oh, well, you know what? I actually have a program that teaches more of this if you're interested. Yeah. But look, I gave him something first. Sure. I didn't ask for anything. So I'm showing my value. I'm, I'm proving to him that I am... Um, here to serve, yeah. and that sets you up to be able to pitch better as well. Uh, the example about cancer is really, really good. It proves my, my the point that I'm about to make here. That pitching is a generous act. If yes. you yeah, if you that. do do yeah. your homework, you make it personal. You're kind. Mm -hmm. uh, you're and uh, there's like there's like five criteria that I wrote about in mm -hmm. in this post the other day. But pr the main ones are 
making it super personal and doing your homework. Like, right. like that's, that's what I'll do. Like I, I, I literally get people. Oh, and the other criteria, this is actually probably the most important one. You understand, you've done enough homework to understand maybe what potential problems they're facing right. and how what you have could potentially bridge the gap between the problem and, uh, and your solution. You know, how, how can that uh, gap be bridged? Pitching is a generous act if you come at it from that approach. I agree. I literally get people, Shay, I, I DM people every weekday, maybe about a dozen people, 10 to 12 people, and I literally get people saying, thank you. Like, like, exactly. Like, they're so grateful that, I, that I reached right out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing. I'll also, uh, I don't know, pe- maybe I should keep this secret. I might cut this out of the podcast, but is it people, vulnerable, Jordan? I get uh, <laughs> people who like my posts yeah. and who I see. I go through who likes my posts, and I, if they look like my avatar, they, they this, the person I want to serve, yeah. uh, then I'll I'll reach out to them. Right. Yeah. And by the way, I was so I, I'm going to be vulnerable with with this right now. Well, this is the, the conversation will come full circle right here. That I was so ungenerous in. You know, 2019, I was not pitching at all. I was so, I, I felt it was wrong. I was, right. I was like, oh, social selling. You know, people come to me. And, yeah. and look, some people will come to you. A lot of people will. But if you really want to take control of your business and really blow the lid off of it, I really think that you have to have an outreach method. Because inbound leads, yes. you just want relying on hope. And hope is not a strategy. Right. And, and so here's, I'm very sad that... You, I, I, you mentioned you were starting a podcast. Yeah. I have a podcast production, done, a whole done-for-you podcast agency. Oh, dude, yeah. And you mentioned it, and I didn't even think for a second, oh, let me, let me like, talk to oh, her about it. Oh, wow. And you went with somebody else. That's and I, so true. And I actually told my mom, like, a month ago, I was, yeah. like, I was like, Mom, I'm actually kind of upset that I don't, work, I don't get to work with Shay. Mm. Like, I learned, I learned my lesson, but, You yeah. did. Wow. Well, dude, like... <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> that is so cool that you can own that uh, stuff. Like really, like that's how we learn. Yeah. We just, you know, there's no mistakes. There's only lessons. You know, you learned and you're also in my house and we're friends. I know. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but, I, but I also real quick just want to touch on what you yeah. said about how you do really believe in outbound and you do believe in pitching. It's changed my life. I Yeah, absolutely. And and sales is like, oh, it's so healing. It's been so healing for me to like ask for what I need. Yeah, like it's, it's made me like a more just empowered person yes. in my life being I, able to sell. And like, I used to be so scared uh, of men. I'd be like confronted, like, oh, I just want men to like me. Like, I don't uh-huh. want to, I don't want to be a bitch, you know? And it's just like, Dude, whatever. Sales Give me like, your money. Sales yeah, is let's a job do that it. Have. But but you said about the outreach is really important because you do also post organic content. So when you're posting organic content regularly and people start to know, like, and trust you, now those outbound campaigns become oh, way more powerful. Totally. I mean, if I message anyone on LinkedIn by now, they're gonna be like, oh my god, it's Shay, and they're gonna answer. So keep that in mind yeah. as well. I mean, it's neither, it's neither either or. Yes. I do get a lot of inbound leads, but I've also put myself in the position where when I do outbound, yes. it's a lot more effective. You, you've yeah. built up a lot of social capital, so to exactly, say. Exactly. Yeah, right. A lot of familiarity and credibility. Well, yeah. Shay Robottom on you're LinkedIn. So sweet. I, I love you. I, I'm so excited. I, you're awesome. I, yeah, I, you got to come to Miami more. I know. I yeah, know. yeah. I haven't. I've been. Uh, I've been two hours away for years, and I've probably been in Miami like is it two hours three where times. You are? Yeah. Four miles only two hours. That's yeah. wow. That's not far. So, yeah. Yeah. I haven't um, been. But. People on LinkedIn gotta yes. find gotta find and follow you. You'll yes. pro- the 
by the time they're hearing this, you'll be over 400,000, maybe 500,000. Yeah. And a million after that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the Shea Roll Bottom Show. Yep, you can find it anywhere. Yep. Uh, that's my new podcast. Yep. And I also launched a healing business in tandem with the podcast. So it's a subscription-based monthly coaching service where I do life coaching for anyone who, you know, is just feeling stuck, feeling like, look, I've had these goals for years. I'm not where I want to be in my business. I'm depressed, you know, um, addicted. I've been through it all. <laughs> I've been through it all. So I do offer um, subscription-based coaching services. And you can go to shayrobottom.com slash heal tribe to sign up and join my healing community. Well, uh, Shay, before I ask my final question, I mean, thank you for, yes. for welcoming my awkward self into your, You're not into your home. I, 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 the first Stop thing calling I, yourself I, awkward. I tripped over the step. The, the, did you? The, oh, yeah, you did. When, when, I, wa yeah, when I walked great. in, I was going to hug you, and I tripped over the step, and I was like, oh, great. Uh, that's <laughs> this so is how funny. it's going to go with me. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, but, but, um, but thank you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. I've, I've loved doing this. and. My final question is, you've answered this question before, but if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Self-love. Teaching people how to love themselves and regulate their own emotions. Because when we create a society with enough people who are able to do that, we'll stop fighting one another and we'll actually start working in a world um, of cooperation, not competition. And I do believe, even though it's dark right now and we're kind of going through this collective yeah. hardship, I do believe that's where we're headed toward in the world is a more um, empowered, enlightened, utopian planet. Nice. So learn to, learn to love yourself and be happy. You know, the, a shaman said this to me once. He said, the best thing that you could do for the world is be genuinely happy. So be that. Shay Robottom, I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Woo! We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.